special edition of the Innovation Agenda with the California Technology Council, where we take a close look at the relationship between government and the climate that supports innovation and entrepreneurship. Now we turn to our host in our Northern California headquarters, Matt Gardner, founder of the California Technology Council. On this episode of the Innovation Agenda, we speak with Ian Hathaway, economist with the Brookings Institution and a member of the California Technology Council's Economic Advisory Board. Ian, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, Ian, today is National Startup Day, uh, and you've done some really terrific work over the last five years on uh, startup dynamics in the United States. Could you start with a definition for us of uh, how we should look at what a startup is? Well, I think in this context, uh, we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about uh, new young endeavors that um, are meant to scale, grow. Um, companies that are looking to do new things, to create new markets, uh, or to significantly disrupt existing ones. Um, now, that definition differs um, quite a bit from, you know, looking at new firm formations broadly, uh, small business owners, which are also important, but these are fundamentally different businesses. Uh, so, for example, we have really good data, survey data from the Census Bureau um, that uh, that surveys um, nascent entrepreneurs. Now, these are people who are in the very early stages of launching a new venture. And we know from that, uh, from that survey that only about one in every four nascent entrepreneurs um, are looking to innovate and grow. Most people actually start new businesses um, for non-economic reasons. So, for example, um, you know, being one's uh, being one's own boss is actually the top reason that people start businesses um, or having flexibility in their schedule. Um, so, very few people actually set out um, to innovate and grow substantially. And uh, within that group, um, a very false, small subset actually achieve. Um, high growth. So we're talking about uh, here just a very small number of firms um, that are looking to innovate and grow, creating lots of jobs and, um, you know, and, and helping the economy grow along the way. So, so speaking of that, your last couple of studies have talked quite a bit about uh, sort of startup dynamics in the U.S. economy. Why is the contribution of a startup to the economy so significant? Yeah, that's a great question. That there are actually three major reasons um, that we have uh, fairly well established uh, in research. Uh, so the first is net job creation. New and young firms are uh, play a disproportionately large role um, in new job creation in the economy. Uh, the second factor um, is that the process of entrepreneurship and business dynamism, which we're talking about, you know, business churning, uh, business growth, business contraction. Um, businesses that fail. Um, that process is really important. Um, that reallocative process is really important um, in terms of productivity growth. Um, and the final factor is innovation. Um, in particular, in, uh, in particular um, disruptive innovation, um, major innovations um, are, are more likely to come from these entrepreneurial ventures than from established firms. So your study last summer talked about uh, the overall decline in the rate of new company formation in the U.S. Uh, what's the meaningfulness of that decline, and, and uh, why is that important? 
Well, so I, I guess I should start out by saying, um, you know, just saying that this was a three over a three decade decline in the new firm entry rate. Um, it's fallen about about fifteen percent of all firms were launched um, in the last year in the late nineteen seventies, and that's fallen to about steadily down to about eight percent um, in the latest years. Um, when we look at that broad measure of firm entry. Um, we're not really able to distinguish. We're looking at all firms. Um, we're not able to distinguish businesses that you know are setting out to achieve high growth or businesses um, uh, in the tech sector specifically. Um, but we actually have data um, that allows us to look at some of these things as well. So I've I've, I've looked more specifically at the, at the set of businesses that are in the technology sector, and uh, to my surprise and to the surprise of many others, we've actually seen. Um, a decline in that firm entry rate. Um, it's hasn't didn't happen as sharply and over the uh, as long of a period of time, um, but it's been within the last decade or so that we experience it in high in the high tech sector. Um, also, there's some work done by economists at the Census Bureau and um, at actually the Bureau of Labor Statistics where we where they look at um, high growth firms, so firms who are creating um, either achieving a certain percentage of employment growth over a three-year period or looking at firms in the top 10 percentile of growth in a given year. And what we're seeing is that there's not only a decline in those firms, but we're also seeing a convergence in the job creation rate of very high-performing firms and of very low-performing firms. So what this says overall is that there's something going on um, with the process of firm entry, which has slowed down, and it's happening you know, across a broad range of sectors, including the high-tech sector. It's happening, um, you know, in nearly every metropolitan area, every state, um, and we are also seeing fewer and fewer firms um, reaching these levels of high growth, at least as defined by, uh, by employment growth. So these seem like significant red flags. Have these uh, conditions been trending for a while, or what period did you study? Yeah, so we looked at the the last three decades. Okay, so this trend is definitely showing up over the long haul, and yet according to the 2015 Kauffman Startup Index, there are an average of 530,000 new business owners every month. Do we have any way to tell whether this is an appropriate kind of level setting for the U.S. economy, or should we aspire to more new business formation? The Kauffman survey that I think you're referring to counts new business owners um, through a survey and um, from a monthly census survey. And that's quite different from the data that I was using um, to uh, where we've established this decline in the firm formation rate. So the difference between these is that um, in the data that I've been looking at um, are, uh, are firms that have employees on payroll. Um, these represent um, about 6 million firms in the economy in a given year, um, and there are another maybe 19 to 20 million additional firms that do not employ people. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, quote, business owners out there, but they represent a very small, um, while they're large in number, they have a very small impact on the economy. And the Kauffman survey that you're referring to um, is picking up all of these types of business owners versus the kind of startup that we typically think of, which 
uh, as your studies indicate, have uh, more of a multiplier effect in the economy than all businesses? Well, I think that by by nature of the fact that, you know, I mean, you have to make cuts somewhere. And, and, you know, we think that looking at firms that actually employ people versus the sole proprietorships um, are at least represent some subset of the of the firms um, that are that are looking to, you know, to to create, um, you know, substantial economic value. And, and were there particular causes that you were able to point to as to why we don't see more new company formation? Yeah, well, um, no one really knows for sure um, why there's this long-term decline. Um, we, my, my co-author and I, Bob Lighton, have um, uh, looked at a few factors um, and I, that are, you know, part of a longer-term um, decline in U.S. economic vitality and growth. Um, we think big factors like um, really unexciting factors like population growth might be playing a factor. Um, I know some economists at the New York Fed uh, are, are beginning to find um, some some similar some similar um, trends. Um, we think things like business consolidation might be playing a role. Others have talked about um, the increase in occupational licensing requirements. Uh, the, actually, the White House just put a report out, um, I think it was a few weeks back, talking about the substantial rise in occupational licensing requirements and as, as a barrier to entry um, for new firm formation. Um, so there are a, a whole range of factors, plenty of other factors that I haven't mentioned. Um, you know, some of these um, you know, may include uh, regulation. Um, I haven't seen any substantial evidence for this, but um, but it's cited oftentimes anecdotally. Um, and you know, I'd would like to see the discussion, particularly around regulation, where you know it's it's discussed uh, generically as a hindrance to um, the development and growth of of these types of firms. Um, uh, you know, generally and. and and I'd like to see that shift to a conversation that's more specific about how regulations um, disproportionately disadvantage um, entrepreneurs relative to established incumbents. So, for example, in the high tech sector, um, you know, I think a great example is with the H-1B visa. So um, immigrants are a really important um, ingredient um, in, in the startup ecosystem um, as founders, as employees. Um, and, um, you know, this, uh, the way the H-1B process works is that it's, you know, it's very, it's very time consuming, it's very costly and it's unpredictable. And I think that this process in general, um, advantages large companies who have the luxury of filing, you know, hundreds or even thousands of applications and whatever comes back, they can go out and make those hires. Um, and for startups, they may just need one key hire or they may have, um, you know, a founder who's trying to get, um, who's trying to stay in the country and work um, and, and grow their business, and, and they just can't afford um, those kind of um, those kind of costs. So, I'd like to see the conversation, you know, on regulation in particular, shift in that direction. Interesting. Okay. Well, of course, it's National Startup Day in in the United States, but let me ask you a comparative question. Uh, we like to think, of course, as the kind of rugged, pioneering, and risk-taking uh, disposition 
of the American entrepreneur. Are these conditions unique here, or do we see the same uh, kind of framework for entrepreneurs around the world? Well, I have two two comments to this. I mean, first is that um, we don't have really great comparable data, um, unified data across a, a set of countries. Um, there is some data from the last 10 years in the OECD um, that does show declining entrepreneurship rates. Um, actually, I think in every country, if not most every country um, in the OECD, of course, they're not looking at just high growth firms. Um, we also have simultaneously, we have um, you know global increases, not only in the levels, but in the geographic dispersion of venture capital. Um, which uh, particularly early stage capital, which this seems to be, you know, a counter counteracting effect, um, might have something to do with the lags in our data. Um, you know, maybe it has something to do with the um, changing mix of firms that are being launched. So maybe it's requiring um, fewer fewer firm uh, formations overall for us to reach um, a certain level of innovation. We don't know. Um, we don't have the answers to this yet, uh, but as information is trickling in, um, we should be able to look into these factors more deeply. Um, so, uh, I guess in short, yes, we see it an overall from formation um, rate decline uh, similar to the United States, but over a much shorter time period, um, a broader range of countries, um, and at the same time, we're starting to see uh, a spread, and at least, um, at least as measured by uh, early stage venture capital um, across um, geographies, even within the United States and countries um, around the globe. So uh, our last question for you, Ian, is related to National Startup Day. We've, of course, uh, come out this morning uh, to very openly say that there's so much activity in the startup ecosystem, including on average in the first six months of this year, $170 million a day pumped in in venture capital uh, thousands, over 5,000 patents granted worldwide each day, according to Thomson Reuters' State of Innovation report. Uh, those kinds of indicators that tell us that there's terrific uh, and vibrant activity in this part of the economy uh, and additional uh, kind of th signs in the tea leaves that we can see, like records being set in the first two quarters in ag tech fundraising and biotech fundraising and in, in those kinds of categories where there are lots of positive signals. Uh, and so our point of view on this would be that uh, it's, it's insufficient to try and cover the universe of startups in one day, that every day really is startup day with numbers like that. Do you have a, do you have a perspective on that? Well, um, I guess I would just say that it's, I, I think it's a, um, you know, despite some of these uh, broader trends I've talked about um, across the economy, I think right now there's a lot of exciting things happening, um, in particularly digital technologies. Uh, you gave some examples there, um, you know, ag tech, um, you know, digital health. Uh, we're seeing a lot going on in, you know, uh, financial technology, um, just because it's, um, you know, the cost of computing has declined significantly. We have uh, ubiquitous high-speed connectivity um, and access to cloud computing allow these companies to, um, you know, analyze vast amounts of data and build, um, build digital platforms um, 
for a relatively small amount of money compared to what it would take to do this even 10 or 15 years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think it's a, it's a really exciting time. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, the, the rapid amount of change that's been going on even in the last two years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. So we're not quite ready to say that the American entrepreneur is an endangered species. Um, I think certain types of uh, American entrepreneurs might be an endangered and, you know, one of the things that I wanted to add uh, is that I think there's just a lot of, um, you know, uh, similar to some of the trends that are going on um, within the workforce, we've, we've heard about, you know, rising incomes at the very top um, and kind of a stagnation in the middle and the bottom. I think this is actually happening. Uh, this is also true amongst firms. So there was actually, um, you know, uh, there's been a discussion about, you know, the data we have on, uh, on business dynamics. Um, we're measuring the growth of firms by employment. And we're, we've, of course, um, common sense is telling us that that may not be the best measure um, for firm growth anymore uh, for all the reasons we've just discussed. Um, and a, uh, so a report from the OECD and that was released, I guess, a couple months ago um, actually was able to look at uh, the productivity performance. So we're talking about output, um, you know, labor productivity. So it's output over um, hours worked, um, you know, employment. And what they found was um, that the there was a, these they were calling them frontier firms. That there were a small subset of firms whose productivity was uh, accelerating tremendously over the last you know decade or so. But it's everyone else who has slowed down. So um, I think the story is very nuanced where a lot of the work that's been done is looking at broad industry aggregates um, it's, and looking at measures of employment as a proxy for growth, that, that these are becoming potentially um, the wrong ways to look at this. And it's really about um, a small number of firms, even more so in the, than in the past, that are, um, that are going to um, drive economic performance. Very interesting, and I think, obviously, reason for continued examination of the innovation ecosystem on the whole. Yeah, I would agree with that. This has been Ian Hathaway, Brookings economist and economic advisor to the California Technology Council. Ian, thanks so much for your time today. Yep, thanks for having me, Matt. This episode of The Innovation Agenda is brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank providing California Technology Council members with discounted 409A valuations. For more information, visit californiatechnology.org slash join and check the member benefits tab. The Innovation Agenda is produced in Northern California by the California Technology Council. 